what we're going to do is we're going to end our series, as you can see behind me, on, we're calling it the anxiety series. So last week, what happened was, let me back up, two weeks ago, Coach was up here and he started the series. It's, it's a three-parter. Today is number three. So if you remember Coach's message in one sentence, just kind of bite-sized, is trusting in God's promises. When we have anxiety, we trust in his promises and his word. Amen? Last week, what Tom did was he showed us that we are to cast our cares upon the Lord. So who, you don't have to say who, who came down here and did this, but if you did write something and bring it down here to this altar, don't put your hands up, but I want to ask this question. Have you worried about it? Whatever you wrote down, have you worried about it? since then? No? Awesome. If you did, what we're going to be talking about today is exactly that. That our heart's desire is to cast our cares upon the Lord, which is what 1 Peter 5 tells us to do. If you've ever heard the the phrase, let go and let God, it's, it's a very simple statement. One of us, one that all of us would say, yes, that is exactly what I want to do. I want to let this problem go to the Lord to where I don't have any more care or worry about it. But guess what? We're human. So I want you to think about this. Our default setting is rebellion towards God. Think about that. Our default setting. Our sinful nature does not want to go to God with these problems. We want to do everything in our power, our selfishness, to solve all of these problems. Dealing with anxiety, worry, doubt, despair, exhaustion, which leads to exhaustion. Our nature is to try to do everything we can before we go to God. When really it should be the other way around. So when we ask you, if you did give those things to God, truly give it to God and not worry about it anymore, praise God. That is called spiritual maturity. But if you have, if your heart's desire is to truly, truly give it to the Lord, but you just can't, doesn't mean you, that you are immature. You're just not there yet. But guess what? Raise your hand if you're a work in progress. That's right. There's a couple of perfect people out here, but that's, that's okay. One of the things that Coach talked about, that Tom talked about, and I'm going to reiterate today, is it starts with submission to the Lord. Submission. And so what we're going to talk about today is we're going to be talking about this last piece right up here. It says exhaustion. When you are tired of praying, when you are tired of carrying around weight, when you are tired of carrying around these burdens that are absolutely real, when you are tired, you just don't feel like you can go along anymore. Like, I just can't carry this burden anymore. It is metaphorically killing me, spiritually, physically, mentally. All of those things. It is a very, very real thing. 
So we're going to look at three points today. Point number one is when exhaustion comes. We carry heavy burdens. They get so heavy sometimes, like I said, they weigh us down. Physically, we start to get sicker than we normally do, right? Am I the only one that this happens to? When we, are, when we have spiritual weight that we're carrying around, it leads to mental fatigue, physical things like this. We get tired of doing this, and it slows down our walks with the Lord. Check, check. There we go. I want to show you real quick. Everybody knows David. David is the greatest psalmist that ever lived. He was an awesome, awesome guy with some flaws. But I want you to see, what, what does spiritual exhaustion look like? You may be thinking, ah, eh, that's not me. I want to put up some of these words that, uh, that David wrote in Psalm 69. So let's put up the, the first three verses right here. This is David saying, save me, O God, from the floodwaters, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold. I am in deep water and the floods overwhelm me. I am exhausted from crying for help. My throat is parched. My eyes are swollen with weeping, waiting for my God to help me. Show of hands, who can relate to this? Yep. David wasn't alone. Oh, by the way, if you didn't see that, a lot of hands went up. Pay attention, Sandy. This next one's for you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> By the way, I just want to say this. Usually when stuff like this happens, something's about to be said that is going to affect somebody because somebody, our enemy, does not want whatever this is to be said. Okay. So we see David's cry for help. We see him. We can really connect with David about this. We see that he is at the end of his rope when he says, the floodwaters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper, I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold in deep water and the floods overwhelm me. So think about that in, in our lives. We can relate to that. Are we going through the same things that David did? No, 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 we're not. Likely, we're not. But the point is, that he is going through it. But I want to go on. He goes on to say this in verses 14 through 16. Same psalm, same exact psalm, but I want you to see what it is that he does. He says, but I, am I on the right one? I did those twice. Oh, gosh, that's my fault. That's not the computer's fault. Okay, so let me read you, if you have your Bibles, Look at Psalm 69. This is verses uh, 13. No, that's right. You can go back to it, Nate. Sorry. Let me start in verse 14. Rescue me from the mud. Don't let me sink any deeper. Save me from those who hate me and pull me from these deep waters. Don't let the floods overwhelm me or the deep waters swallow me or the pit of death devour me. Answer my prayers, O Lord, for your unfailing love is wonderful. Take care of me, for your mercy is so plentiful. 
David was going through it. Whatever it was, he was going through it. He goes on with the same imagery of floodwaters in the mire and the darkness and being overwhelmed and things like that. But verse 16, I love this because he does not lose sight of who God is, not his ability to get out of these situations. It is him remembering who the Lord is. He says in verse 16, answer my prayers, O Lord, for your unfailing love is wonderful. Take care of me, for your mercy is so plentiful. He did not lose sight of the nature and character of God. That is who God is. In other words, his trust was not in himself, saying, Lord, I love this, John. Thanks for picking that song. Lord, I need you. I can't do this by myself. I need you. So we see David at the end of his metaphorical rope. He is tired. He is exhausted. He is in the darkness. That spiritual exhaustion starts to kick in. Yet he remembered who God was. A couple other examples of 1 Kings 19. Elijah, if you remember the story, for the sake of time, we're not going to go into it. But Elijah, after he defeated, actually the Lord defeated the prophets of Baal. After that, he became exhausted physically, spiritually, mentally. He wanted to die. He said, Lord, just kill me. I can't go on. I'm done. Jonah chapter 4, something very, very similar. He had grown weary. said, Lord, I don't need to live anymore. I am done. I am exhausted. Spiritually, I am wiped out. And I want to say this. You may be thinking, oh, this is just about anxiety and worry and doubt and despair. You never know what the person to the left and to the right of you is going through. So, do we take these things seriously? Absolutely, we do. Is it a matter of life and death? It very well could be. So, I want to say this. Maybe this is what all of these technical issues were fighting against. If there is somebody in here who is to this point where that last word right there makes a whole lot of sense. Exhaustion. I don't think I can continue to go on. I want to let you know, yes, you can. It is not you trying to figure things out and get unexhausted. It is the Lord empowering you to keep on going. Whoever that is, if it is anybody, maybe it's somebody online. Understand exhaustion is real, even to the point of death. Maybe, maybe this world would be better off without me. People think that. I'm telling you, no, it's not. It will not be. People in the Bible, especially Elijah, was saying, I can't do it anymore. Take my life. I'm done. I'm done being your servant. I can't do it anymore. What did the angel do? Anybody remember? Said, here's a snack. Take a nap. 
Jesus said this in Matthew eleven twenty eight. This is something that Coach brought up in his message, and I want to encourage. When exhaustion is starting to creep in, I want you to understand this. Keeping in mind what we keep pushing from up here is submission to the Lord, following the leading of the Holy Spirit to do exactly this. Jesus said, these are his words, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So what does Christ instruct us to do when we are at that point of spiritual exhaustion? Do we wake up and say, today is going to be the best day. I've got to get my, myself mentally prepared. I, you know, I need to keep on going. Got to pump myself up every time I look in the mirror. No. He says, come to me. I will give you rest. I will give you rest, not necessarily physical rest, but you see it right there. I will, or there you will find rest for your souls. Your souls. That's what Jesus is talking about. So our first point today was spiritual exhaustion is real. And if you are going through that, you are not alone. Point number two, when it comes to spiritual exhaustion and anxiety and things that lead to Exhaustion is, dun, 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 have faith. Okay, heard that a million times, have faith, great, here we go. So our part is having faith. So what, what, is, what really is faith? Let me put it this way. This is the, the definition that made the most sense to me in its simplicity. Faith is relinquishing trust in yourself and putting that trust into God. It's that simple. Saying, Lord, I can't do this, but you can. That is having faith in the Lord. It is not about performance. It is not about doing the right things. It is nothing about that. It is simply taking trust away from ourselves and putting that into God. That's what faith is. So our job is to trust in the Lord, but there's also things that we can do. So let me show you Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. It says, and this is out of the New King James, by the way, because I like the way this reads. It says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. What does that mean? What does that look like? There's two people that have a job. Our job is to trust God, Lord, where you're taking me, I trust you wholeheartedly. But there are certain steps that we have to do. There are certain things that we are called to do. So James 2.17, I don't have a, a slide for this. It says, faith without action is dead and useless. Faith without works. What are the, what does that look like? These are works of faith. It's not about coming to church as many times as you can per month, anytime the doors are open. It's not about getting extra credit for helping an old lady cross the street. We're not talking about those kinds of work. We're talking about works of faith. Okay, what does that look like? Why are you talking about this 
Last week, what we did was we wrote down our cares, our worries, and our, our, our anxieties, and we released them to the Lord. We came up here, put them in these bowls, and by the way, the elders and myself have been praying over those all week. That stamina, spiritual stamina, allows you to continue to release that. Release it and not pick it back up, right? So we were asked to do that last week. So what are we talking about? Works of faith, what does that look like? Okay, I will give you two examples. Are we seeking wise counsel from others? Are we seeking godly counsel? Are we doing that? It's one thing to say, okay, I release this to, to the Lord. Now I'm just going to kind of keep doing what I'm doing. Well, there's certain things that we have to do. Talk to somebody who can offer spiritual wisdom. I'm not talking go down and talk to the Edward Jones guy if you've got some financial questions. I'm talking about godly wisdom. Godly wisdom. Are we seeking that out for our particular issue? And also here's something with that. If you released, let's say, finances. If you released finances in as far as I'm worrying about this, Lord, I am giving that to you. You came and you dropped that in one of these bowls that we had. Mixing bowls, because that's how we do it. If you did that, does that mean God is going to cure all of your financial problems? No. That is simply saying, Lord, I am not carrying this burden of financial responsibility, that the worry associated with it. Now, there are certain things that you have to do besides worry about it. So when we're talking about seeking godly wisdom, we do that through his word. We do that through other believers who have wisdom. There are certain things that we can do. The other thing is I released my thing down here last week. Am I having someone else, another believer that I trust, hold me accountable for whatever it is that I released down here? Let's say it's a persistent sin that keeps popping up time after time after time after time. There is worry associated with that. Am I doing what Scripture says to find someone to, that can hold me accountable? Accountability is not always a bad thing. I used to think that it was. But it's not. It is a good thing. Because your spiritual brother or sister in Christ wants you to succeed, not fail. So they are going to lift you up, not push you down and stomp and kick you while you're down. Spiritually, they want you to be the best that you can be, what the Lord has called you to be. Faith is relinquishing trust in yourself and putting that trust into God. So how all of this is kind of coming together, Nate, can we throw up that next graphic about Romans? This is where we're going to be going starting next week. The fear and anxiety, the trust, the issues of faith that the Christians in Rome, Paul writes them a letter addressing each and every one of these things. As a church body, this is where we're heading next. We are going to be looking at Romans. And you're going to see how this series on anxiety mattered then and it matters today. How it all fits together. Romans talks about faith in action, 
faith in the work of Christ, not in their performance. So our first point was spiritual exhaustion is real. Our second point, having faith, relinquishing trust in yourself, putting that trust into God. And point number three, use me now. See, what we're really, really, really good at is saying, Lord, where I'm at, I don't want to be. If I could just be over here, if I could just have this job, if I could just have this bank account, if I could just have this opportunity, then everything would be okay. Or is it just me? We are really good at that. We are really good about trying to pray out of situations. Or is that just me? Show of hands. Okay. We are really, really good about, Lord, get me out of this situation so that I can serve you over here. We often pray for the specifics, and we should. Remember, prayer is just verbalizing what's in your heart to God, communing with him. We should pray for those specifics. But I want to ask this question. Do we overlook the big picture of things? Do we do that? Lord, get me out of this stinking job. I don't like it. It's wearing me down. It's all of this kind of stuff. Do we forget to ask the Lord to use us where we are during this season? Lord, when I am stuck at this stinking job, can you use me? Can you use me to minister to those around me? Can you use me to be your ambassador during this season? I am praying for that, that new promotion, that new job, that new, you know, life, that new, you know, our, our minds are really good about building up green pastures, you know, when we think we're standing on dirty brown dirt, I guess. I'm a very, very firm believer that everything is preparation for what's coming next. Where you are right now, six months, 10 years, 20 years, you're going to look back and say, gosh, God was preparing me for what was coming next. Had I not been prepared over here, I would never have made it here. And you can do that in your own life right now and think back, okay, if I hadn't have done this, if the Lord did not use me here, I would not have been prepared for this situation right here. God uses us. What is it? Precept upon precept. Like a staircase. If you really look back at your walk so far, you will start to see that. It's a reminder to serve God with all of your heart where he has you currently. Doesn't mean you can't pray for the next thing. But don't overlook that fact. Lord, use me, use me while you have me here. So why are we talking about this? Again, anxiety, work, doubt, worry, doubt, despair. All of those things are going to come in. When it leads to spiritual exhaustion, when you're like, ah, I don't know how I can do this any longer. I am exhausted. I am tired of carrying these burdens. 
if I could only get to that better life, then everything's going to be okay. When you get to that point, understand God is preparing you for what is coming next. So don't overlook that. And I want to I kind of tell this story to kind of help kind of understand what it is that I'm talking about. And before I say this, I don't want you to say, oh, well, that's what happened to Justin. So, yep, he, that guy's got it all figured out. No, 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 no. Very far from it. But the reason I do want to share this is because the Lord showed me something in this that illustrates exactly what we're talking about of use me now. So this isn't a, wow, look at that guy's faith. No, no, no. Don't think of it that way. A couple years ago, I was up for a job, a, a really, really good job with a lot more money than I was making at the time. And everybody that I was around, all of my close friends and family, they're like, okay, we're going to pray that you get that job. I'm like, mm, mm-mm. They said, no, we're going to pray that you get it so that you can go and minister and, you know, all. I was like, mm. Something inside of me was saying no. My prayer instead was, Lord, use me during this process. I don't care if I get that job. It would be great. I don't care about that. What I care about is I want you to use me in this situation. Use me in this process. So I went in for the first interview, and I had six guys sitting across the table firing questions at me. You would think sweat would be cool as a cucumber, surprisingly. Second interview came, they had even more people in there. I mean, firing questions. What do you do if, what about this? In this situation, what would you do? What would you do? I'm like, whoo, after I left there, I kind of, okay. But peace was eerily there. And keep in mind, at this time, I'm just starting to get, Dylan, we used this term yesterday when Dylan and I talked, kind of that, that shaky leg confidence. You're confident, but you still got kind of that shaky leg, but you're learning to stand on that leg, right? The whole time I'm going through, my prayer was, Lord, use me to glorify you in this. I figured it would be, you know, something completely that it was not. The person who would end up becoming my boss called to offer me the job. It was on a Thursday night. But what had happened earlier that week is... There was a guy, uh, his name was A.J. Swope. He was a a friend of mine. He worked at um, one of the competing television stations. He was a musician. He was an artist. He was a really, really good guy. He worked in TV. He was an anchor. He was all of these things, like a real chameleon. Well, he was driving on the highway, and a woman, and keep in mind, it's two lanes going north, two lanes going south with a large median in between. He was driving up north. Some lady was driving south, decided she didn't want to live anymore, cut across, hit him head on, killed him. That was 10 years ago this week. It was devastating. It was absolutely devastating because he was a young man. He was, I think, early 30s. 
He had so much life and one of those people that just has so much potential. He was well known throughout the community. The community still rallies behind him and his music and, and things like that. The reason I'm telling you this is because he was so well known that a coworker, a, a woman who worked under my future boss, the one that was calling to offer me the job, this young man who was killed was her husband. The person who called to offer me the job, we talked about you know, logistics and all of that kind of stuff. And I was waiting the entire time, waiting from first interview, second interview, you know, all of this through the job offer, Lord, use me. I don't know how, but use me. And I, again, had that peace about it. it. Wasn't up until the very end when I was being offered the job, I heard it. Oh, man, did you hear about AJ? It's like, yeah, it's terrible. And then the person said this, how could something like that happen to such a good person? It's like, thank you. This was my chance to minister to my future boss. Now, knowing her, her personality was not to open up and to ask questions about life and death. That's just not how she is. But she opened that door that's what I prayed for. Lord, use me in this situation to glorify you. And what I ended up doing was talking to her about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Doing what Timothy said, be ready in season and out of season. So again, what am I talking about when we say, Lord, use me now. I am physically exhausted. Use me where you have me. Again, I don't tell the story to, to brag on myself because there's not much to brag about. I am very flawed, but I am forgiven. We serve a great God, and we continue to learn. So for me, that was knowledge that the Lord was given to me. Me passing it along to you today is wisdom, godly wisdom. It is understanding that we look at the, the minutia, the little things. Lord, help me out of this situation, then I will be a better Christian. No, no. Sometimes we need to step back and say, Lord, I need you. I need you. Use me in this place where I'm not happy. When I get to this point of spiritual exhaustion, I don't want to do anything I don't want to push the ball forward, if that makes sense. I just want to pray out of this situation, then everything's going to be okay. But I want to tell you today, if you are spiritually exhausted, it's okay. There are others who have been there, are there, will be there in the future. But again, Jesus said, these words come to me if you carry those heavy burdens. I will give you rest. And don't forget, Lord, use me where you have me. During this season, it may not be the funnest, it may not be the best time of my life, but use me where you have me.
We're going to have a time of ministry here in just a second. If these words resonated with you, we're going to have some people all around the, the sanctuary here. If you need prayer, if you say, I am tired of carrying these burdens, I tried to release it last week, it just didn't work. I picked it back up before I left. We have people who are ready to pray with you. If you are spiritually exhausted and saying, I don't know how the Lord can use me right now, come down here for prayer. You can pray silently as well. Just right where you're at, you can pray. But use this ministry time. Allow the Lord to do his work. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message that went forth today. It is not of us, but Father, it is of you. Lord, we thank you that your word showed us that we are not alone in the fact that people get to that point of spiritual exhaustion. If we are there right now, Lord, I just ask that your Holy Spirit really, truly go to work on their hearts, soften their hearts, and allow them to trust just a little bit more, just a little bit deeper than they have when they came in today. And again, that is relinquishing trust in their selves and putting that trust into you. Father, I ask that you help them with that. And if people are spiritually exhausted where they just don't feel like they can go on, that you remind them that they can. And Father, also that you use us where you have us. In this season, it may not be the most comfortable, but Father, we look to you. We trust in you that you will use us exactly where we're at each and every day, not just when things go good, but Father, each and every day. Lord, we thank you for that. We trust you. We love you. And it's in Christ's name that we pray and ask this. And amen.